Hello and welcome to D&D Tonight. We are a family that gets together each week on the internet to play a fun little game of 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons. We've been at it now for more than half a year, so I think it's gonna stick. My quick little game that started with checking out a creepy crypt is about to turn into a world-changing adventure. Are the players up to it? Let's find out together! First up is my niece, a little girl who is often quiet. Jessica. Hello. <laughs> World famous. Jessica plays Ghost Slinger, a half-elf rogue ninja from the Eastern Realm. Next up, Dad! Introduce yourself, Dad. I am Merlin, the magician, and I am in 49 degree Florida. Dad plays Merlin, a human wizard. Last up is Tippy. Tippy, introduce yourself. I am Asharis, the uh, tank ranger wood elf. With an affinity for dual wielding. All right, everybody, with that, I'm going to switch over to the game. What happened last week? Two weeks ago, so oh. I really don't remember. Oh, yeah, in the real world, it's been two weeks, so nobody remembers anything. Correct. That's what happens every time it's two weeks. Well, do you remember where we finished off? Something yeah, to do room. with, we beat some orcs. In a cave. Yep. Not two in a cave. So just for quickness, last week we went from Draycott over to Scale Ridge. You guys were accosted on the way by some orc scouts that you handedly whipped up on. Then Ghost Slinger may have stabbed in the face. And you met up with Rawl, who guided you through the snow to a cave entrance. Dun, dun, dun. So last week, you met a, fall, a small figure in a heavy cloak. You proceed a small distance up the side of the mountain away from the trail. In front of you, you see a large, dark, blue-gray stone standing tall in front of the small kobold. He takes a moment drawing out some runes in the snow with his sharp claws. And when he is finished with his work, you see the scales on his tail shimmer with the color of magic briefly before the blue-gray stone turns transparent. Come, we hide, safe for smelly horses, Rawl says, and he walks through the stone. Wow, that's cool. Once inside, Rawl picks up a torch from the wall of the cave. He flicks a mode of flame onto it from one of his claws to light it. You see the warm glow of the fire illuminate inside the stone cavern. The wall illuminates? Well, you just see the entrance illuminate behind Rawl. He's standing inside the cavern, and there's this transparent stone there. Let's go in! Is that what he's waiting to, for us to tell him? Yeah. All right, we're going in. Hi, with the smelly horses. As you guys walk through this weird kind of translucent stone, you kind of feel this mist-like cold and wetness and swirling air. And then when you walk through, it's normal. You're just inside a cave. Hmm. Mm, Magic. Interesting. Roll me a perception check. We're already rolling dice. Gotta roll dice. What else are you gonna do? That's the whole game. Mm, true. Fourteen. 
Merlin, you are distracted by the magical stone that you just walked through. You don't really pay too much attention to the inside of this tunnel. But Asharis, you notice a lack of dwarven handiwork. This tunnel appears to have been carved by something else. Perhaps kobold like Rawl carved this out, but kobold don't usually aspire to make things. The cavern you're standing in has a fairly short ceiling, but there are some iron rings to hitch your donkeys to, and there is a pile of hay with a small water trough. You catch Rawl smiling at you while you're looking around. Mm. We make this, but no one trusts to visit Argal. He points at the supplies for the donkeys. But finally handy. What do you guys want to do? Did Rawl change the stone to transparent, or did someone else? Yeah, he drew out a, a spell circle in front of it and cast a ritual to turn it to transparent. So he has... Not just transparent, but to change it from being a physical stone into being something else that you could pass through. So that keeps everybody out if he wants to keep you out, but uh, he has magical powers. If you rolled better, I would tell you some more stuff. But your perception wasn't great. Unless you have a real good perception bonus, Merlin. Uh, I have perception. This plus one. Yeah, not great. But you definitely notice that he's got magical powers. And you... Yeah, I can see that. I'm jealous. You also feel that that's odd. I think I've told you before that kobolds don't usually possess magical abilities, and you didn't believe when you were initially told that a kobold could harness the arcane arts. Hmm. Well, I thought he had magical powers when he was talking to my head from far away. That was the other guy. <laughs> well, Rawl also whispered at you when you first met him, which means that magically a whisper appears in your ear it's not like sending which is the other thing that you've been happening or that's been happening to you where you get a message inside your mind that's a different spell it's much more powerful than what Rawl did okay which is just to whisper in your ear that's a minor cantrip uh, several mages can do that Rawl is standing do you have a picture of what he drew on the floor uh, I do not so we don't know what he drew to make the stone. You didn't stay outside to analyze it. So. Well, I'm sure he switched it away when he was done. Well, the snow's coming down heavy enough that it'll be covered up relatively quickly. Hmm. Well, if I had something like that, I'd, after I drew it, I'd sweep it away. Ah, so the people wouldn't know. Couldn't fall into the wrong hands. <clears throat> well, it's kind of like shooting somebody with a bullet made of ice. The evidence will disappear because it was drawn in a temporary medium. <laughs> you ice knife. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're inside. Rawl is standing by a heavy wooden door at the far side of the cavern. You can tell that the craftsmanship of the door isn't great, but it should help to muffle any sounds that your donkeys make from echoing further up into the mountain tunnels. Ready? He asks. So, this is your chance to ask any questions you want to of Rawl since you basically just met him, and to decide what you want to take with you into the mountain. Rawl's kind of told you that this is a safe place, so Asharis, if you wanted to leave Sheila with the donkeys, you could take the Blink Dog with you instead, 
Merlin, it gives you an opportunity to prepare your spells for the day if you want to change out your prepared spells. Put on your armor. I put it on. You could cast mage armor. I have it on. Do I have to say it? Yes. You have to say that you're casting mage armor on yourself. <laughs> mage armor on myself. And expending that spell slot. Spell So that you don't have it for later. And you can change out your spells, so whatever prepared spells you have, you could change those out. This is the equivalent in a video game of a save point. Checkpoint! I love save points. They make me live again. That's right. <laughs> but this is D&D. We die. <laughs> yeah, except we can't rewind the tape back to here and start over. Exactly. Maybe. So if I die, <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> what, Asharis, are you gonna, are you gonna leave... The blink dog. You're gonna take the blink dog with you instead of Putty Cat? Yeah. He's stronger than she is. His attacks are more hardcore. Okay, so what do you tell her as you leave her behind to guard your donkeys? Sheila, you stay here with these donkeys and protect them. Don't let them die. That's right. And don't eat my owl. Don't eat <laughs> the owl with you. Your owl lives in a pocket dimension unless you summon him. It's up to you whether or not you do. Oh, there's also a question to be had. A question. question. Answer me these questions three. <laughs> this Ghostslinger never told me what she wanted to do with her find familiar spell. What do you want to do with your find familiar spell? Mm -hmm. You know how it works, Tiffy. She can have an animal up to whatever challenge rating, like Sheila. Never it's the same thing you have, isn't it? Oh no, you don't use find familiar. Your thing's a different thing. Different thing. Yeah, hers is a different thing. Mine is uh, animal friendship, beast bond. I don't know what find familiar is. Uh, find familiar. Do we have that spell yes. here in the thing. Let's see. Yes, you have it's it in the, the spell book. It's in the spell book. I know. Answer me these questions three. Or the other side, you see. <laughs> you gain the service. Find familiar. You gain the service of a familiar, a spirit that takes an animal form that you choose. Cat, bat, crab, frog, hawk, lizard, octopus, owl, poison snake, fish, rat, raven, <laughs> seahorse, spider, or weasel. Appearing in an unoccupied space within range. Uh, the range is ten feet. The familiar has the statistics of your chosen form, although it is a celestial fae or fiend, your choice, instead of beast. Your familiar acts independently of you, but it always obeys your commands. In combat, it rolls its own initiative and acts on its own turn. A familiar can't attack, but it can take other actions as normal. When the familiar drops to zero hit points, it disappears, leaving behind no physical form. It reappears after you cast this spell again. While your familiar is within 100 feet of you, you can communicate with it telepathically. Additionally, as an action, you can see through your familiar's eyes and hear what it hears until the start of your next turn, gaining the benefits of any special senses that the familiar has. During this time, you are deaf and blind with regard to your own senses. Hmm. Oh, wow. As an action, you can temporarily dismiss your familiar. It disappears into a pocket dimension where it awaits your summons. Alternatively, you can dismiss it forever as an action while it is temporarily dismissed you can cause it to reappear in any unoccupied space within 30 feet of you. I don't know why you'd ever permanently dismiss your familiar. Mm -mm. Unless maybe that's the only way to change its form. 
Yeah, maybe you want a different. You can have. You can't have more than one familiar at a time. If you cast a spell while you already have a familiar, <laughs> you instead cause it to adopt a new form. Choose one from of the forms from the list above. Your familiar transforms into the chosen creature. Finally, you can cast a spell with the range of touch. Your familiar can deliver the spell as if it had cast the spell itself. Your familiar must be within 100 feet of you, and you must use its reaction to deliver the spell when you cast it. If the spell requires an attack roll, use your attack modifier for the roll. So that's what familiars do. You don't even have to go find an animal. Get one. Conjure a boot. It costs 10 GP. Do you want to conjure a familiar while you're in this room, Jessica? It costs money? Yes! You can't have anything for free, not even in fantasy. Jeez. So, she keeps it forever, though, until it dies? Yeah. Uh, if it dies, it just disappears into the pocket dimension, and she has to resummon it with another ten gold, and I think it takes one hour to cast. Okay. But does it say, it says you... So does it have the attack of this animal? It has the profile of that animal from in the book. So what are its, like, hit points and stuff? So it will have the hit points of the animal in the book. Oh, okay. Alright. I don't know if I want a weasel or cat. Hmm. Maybe we should read about Asharis's pet because maybe it behaves different and it actually can attack? I don't know. Well, and it sounds like... I'm looking for the weasel. Hers, too. It says it gets its own turn, no? It gets its own turn, but it can't take the attack action. Yeah, it can't do attacks, I don't think. Well, actually, it can, but your attack action is then expended on come your turn. So, so it's good for distractions. Yeah. What they can do is if your animal is nearby you, like, say some dude's up in your face, and he's attacking you, and your animal is nearby. Your animal can do what's called help, take the help action, which means to distract that person so that they have disadvantage, I think, when trying to attack you, or you can choose to give yourself advantage when you attack them back. So, like, imagine Merlin's got a dude in his face, whacking him with a sword. Archimedes could fly up next to this guy, start flapping his wings in his face real fast, so that Merlin can get away without getting hit. Or alternatively, Archimedes flaps his wings in his face real fast, and then Merlin can whack the guy with his staff while the guy's distracted. Alright, so they are good for distractions? They're good for distractions. I want a cat. And you can use it to sneak around places you can't get. Yeah, I want a cat. You gonna take a cat? Yeah. But I can make it into a giant weasel. Well, you can make it into a weasel if you spend another 10 gold. You need some bitcoins. The cat is on page 305. Okay, let me pull the thing here. It has plus 3 perception and plus 4 stealth. So does that mean it's good for stealthy thingies? It has two hit points. Ghost Slinger, you have a... What did I say? You have a... Fay, putty cat. Okay, cat. Alrighty. It has keen smell, claws, melee attack, zero plus to hit, one target hit 
one slashing damage. Armor class 12. So I need to write all this down. Yes. Okay. Tiny beast. Tiny child. That's Cat. its What's its name? Its name was Samuel. Samuel? Samuel. I like it. You really? didn't spell it right. It's E L Samuel. Samuel. Have you seen my son? <laughs> so as Ghostslinger decides to spend some time summoning a familiar, Rawl sits down by the door that he was standing next to and meditates. Um, oh no. Um, meditation. Oh, um, Genji does meditation. You see little crossed legs with long claws at the end, and his tail is wrapped around the side of him. How do you spell familiar? F-A-M, Ilyar. Okay. I got it. I can't spell unless there's a spell check involved. Yep. Okay. You're that. Strength. Uh, so it takes an hour for her to do this? Yes, minus. Yep. It doesn't have good... Is there a way we can speed this up? Gives you plenty of time if you want to change out your spells for uh, this orc encounter that's ahead. There's an orc encounter coming up? Well, you know the mountain is full of orcs. Yeah, we're going to fight the orcs. We're inside of a cave. A safe place. Yeah, we're not going to be safe for, for long. You know that this mountain is supposedly filled with old dwarven ruins. And there's orcs all over the place, and the whole reason you came here is because someone called out to you in your mind and said, These orcs have me trapped in my mountain. Oh, so that's how you um, trapped no. inside. You went through the rock and all that stuff. Okay, my goodness. I'm bringing lots of fire with me. This cat has no realistic colors. Oh, your cat is Technicolor? I'm making it right now. Purple and blue and... Red. Red and green and yellow and orange. You can never forget red. Red is the first color in the rainbow. Is it? Yes. Well, it depends on which way you're going from. If you're going the right way. The right way? What about yeah. purple, little miss? Purple is important. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, I like purple, so I can't say anything in my mind. All right, are we about done with the collecting of the information from the book? Samuel. Continue. His name was Samuel. Ghostslinger, you spent an hour casting this ritual. What does it look like? I'm wrong. Eastern magic can look like anything. You can use your imagination. I'm drawing it. Let me give me like five seconds. You just bumped me, Mom. Imagination. She just bumped me. I <laughs> ruined it. Well, you don't have to draw the cat in order for the cat to exist in the game, but what you do have to do is you have to tell me what it looks like while you're casting the spell. While I'm casting the spell? Yeah. Do you draw out a thing on the floor? Do you just sit and meditate? Do you have to get some herbs? Meditation, because I'm a weirdo. You just sit down in the corner and meditate? Meditation, because I'm weird. How do you meditate? Do you sit down? Do you cross your legs? Are your eyes open? Are they closed? Give me some details, girl. I want to know. You write books. <laughs> so basically, I'm sitting down, legs crossed, eyes closed, done. <laughs> details. 
So you're asleep in the corner and suddenly cat. Okay, I like it. There you go. This cat is the most amazing Where? thing I've just seen. from nowhere. You have to uh, expend the gold somehow. Does, well, it's not really gold. It's some sort of spell components uh, to make it happen. So what spell component do you use to summon a cat? Make it rain! Make it rain! I'm so confused! <laughs> Meow mix. Just say meow mix and it'll come right to you. We deliver. <laughs> what is this? So is that how you get the cat? Meow mix? <laughs> meow mix. <laughs> yes. I wash chicken. Me wash liver. Meow mix. Meow mix. Please deliver. Ah, so you take a chicken liver and you set it out on the floor in front of you and then you meditate and then all of a sudden a spectral cat appears. And starts eating at the uh, the chicken liver. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and your 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 summoning is complete. You now have a new Samuel. 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 Vral asks again after he sees Ghostslinger is done with her summoning. Ready? Is anybody else gonna do something? No. Nope. Ready. Nope. Ready. I'm ready to go. The preparation. I just drew this cat. Got my shields up and. Uh... My two favorite warriors, and we're going in. Wait. Mm. What are you holding? What? What are you holding? Phone? No, what are you holding? Oh. I need my... <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know what she was going on about. I didn't get it. That was so good. I'm like, I remembered. So. You're welcome. Asharis. That's right. Draw so my weapons. You draw both weapons? Jeez. Okay. Yes. No, I only need one weapon. So that you can draw the other one later if you want. So I'm not too intimidating. May I meet regular folk? <laughs> Which one are you? What, what are you getting out? Short sword or long sword? Short sword. Okay. No, it was the long one that you wanted out. I want the long sword on? Yes! Oh, it doesn't matter. Well, except for that it might be difficult to move around with a long sword in an enclosed space. So maybe the short sword? Which hand is it in? Your main hand or your off hand? The main hand, in case of attack. Okay, so you've got your short sword. Ooh, dangerous. Because you can't put the long sword in your off hand. But you could draw your other short sword. You can't just go flip and... Okay, I don't care enough. Yes, you could do that. I mean, look, I'm an elf, okay? I'm very, you know... You're Legolas. Legolas. He just flaps through the air and gracefully attacking things. You can. That's fine. You're good. It doesn't matter. We'll put the sword. As long as you have a sword out, you're fine. Thank you, Ghost Slinger. No problem. What do you tell Rawl when you are ready to go? I'm ready to go with my Samuel. <laughs> now we are ready. Alright, he turns to the large wooden door and moves the lever out of the way that's holding it closed and then swings it open with a quiet creak that resounds up the hall in front of you. This is like some Hobbit <laughs> stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're in Helm's Deep. Or is it the Mines of Moria? Mines. Because mm. it was made by dwarves, right? Yep, dwarves. The tunnels leading out of the small entry that the kobolds made for visitors have a fairly short ceiling, but you can walk through if you duck slightly. You notice that the tunnel winds upwards into the mountain instead of down. Hmm. 
A short way into the caves, Rawl turns the group down an even smaller passageway. This passage appears to have been made for kobolds. It is much shorter than the main passage that you were going up a moment ago. He stops at a squat oval door, not unlike a hobbit door. Rawl knocks quietly with three claws, one after the other, waits a moment, and when no one answers, he repeats the knock. There is still no answer. Looking back at you, he pulls a staff from his back and turns to face the door again with it in hand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Some sort of secret knock and it's not working. The people are dead. Everybody's dead in there. Everyone's dead already. We were too late. Mission failed. We took too long. <laughs> his claws twitch on his staff and you hear the sliding of a latch on the other side of the door. Then he slowly cracks the door open, pokes in his staff, and a moment later uses it to open the door the rest of the way. Now what home? Rawl says quietly and steps inside. Hmm. Oi! Did he say no one's home? Yes. Hmm. What about us? That we don't belong here. The door's open. Let's look inside. Do you follow him into the room? Yes. Yes. There's nowhere Whatever else to go. Add me. I was going to say, what other choice do we have? We have no other options. The small tunnel opens up into a small room with a cot made of straw and a couple of torches standing in holes cut into the cave wall. There is a small sword by the cot, but it doesn't look like it was used before the chamber was abandoned. Kobold are more open to sneaking and thieving than standing to fight. Rawl frowns at finding the chamber empty. Most likely the guard ran away when the mountain was attacked by orcs. Near the back of the chamber there is a small cage with straw and a water bowl. Nearby there's a hole in the wall big enough for a mouse. Train rats for messages. Hmm? Wow. Messages on a mouse. Mouse messages. He looks around the area for a moment before giving up. No messages. Hmm. He starts to head for the exit from the chamber, but before reaching the door, he pauses. Everybody roll me perception. Give me the door. Okay. Okay, I have perception, so what does that mean again? It means you get plus two for your proficiency bonus because you are proficient in percepting things. Okay. Then I have 12. Uh, what about the other one? She's not yet rolled the dice. 13. Do you have perception? How do you spell it? With a P? P what? T-E-R. It's with wisdom. No. You don't have. So she has 13. Using me. None of you are super great at perception this time. You don't notice what caused him to pause. Rawl cautiously starts walking forward again into the short tunnel ahead. Not fair. I feel like there was a clue there. We missed it. Stupid dice. Probably orcs. We're all gonna... Actually, I, I say short tunnel ahead. He actually opened another door on the other side of the chamber and then heads out into the tunnel. Winding through these kobold-sized tunnels, following behind Rawl, you guys exit into a larger chamber a short while later. You can see a small water fountain in the middle of the room. Its make is finer than the rough-cut tunnels you've been traveling through. This chamber appears much older. The ceiling overhead is lofted high into the air with large stone arches. There are runes carved into the stone. Roll me initiative. Uh, not, sorry, not initiative. Intelligence. Now we have to be smart. I don't know that I'm smart either. I... Merlin, what's your intelligence modifier? 
I think it's pretty good. Minus three. I have zero. But I rolled a 15. I got a 20 with a three, which is 23. So I got a 23. Good for you. It's four. We have zero perception, but we're very smart. (laughs) Plus four. Okay. Which of you speaks dwarven? Oh, that anybody speaks dwarven. Oh, wait. Mine says dwarven. I think you do, Tim. Yeah. Merlin, you don't speak dwarven? It's not written down here. Merlin, you find uh, near the water fountain some runes carved into the base of the stone. And you look back at the group say, I think these runes mean something. Can you read them? I'm putting words in your mouth again. Sorry. Hey. You recognize them as dwarven. Hmm. But you can't read them because you don't know how to speak dwarven. The shards. Go be a smart child. Yeah, where am I? Can I read the runes? Asharis walks over to the fountain, and she reads the runes. They say, May the water always flow from this spring as long as House Kazark stands. Hmm. What is that? I'm assuming it's going to be like, May the odds be ever in your favor. (laughs) The water from the fountain trickles quietly, covering the deafening sound of silence. The water from the fountain flows into an ornate aqueduct that disappears into the wall of the chamber. There are a few small cracks in the base of the fountain, which allow some of the water to leak into a puddle on the floor, but the masonry has held up very well for its age. Rawl walks across the room, stepping around the puddle carefully to not leave any wet footprints behind. On the other side of the chamber, there is a passage with iron rails on the ground, running through its length and out the other side into another tunnel. One direction appears to go up, and the other runs down. Mm -hmm. This passage with rails running through it is not very tall, about the same height as the tunnels you were just in. You can also see in this chamber two larger passages which lead up and down. These passages are much more ornate, and are tall enough for you to walk through unobstructed. Looking back at the passage you just entered the room through doesn't look dissimilar to the mouse hole that you saw in the guard's room earlier. The works of the great artisans who once toiled here have long outlasted the artisans themselves. Rawl sniffs the air, his tongue lapping out for a moment, and he points towards the main passage leading upwards. Ark stink! Then he points to the nearby smaller passage with the rails running within it. He struggles for a moment with something inside the passage. It looks like he tries to move it, but he can't get it to budge. He looks at the party members one by one before he settles on Asharis. Help, he says, pointing at you. You always have to help. Some tank. Yeah, you're a tank. The rest of us are made for nothing. Rawl thinks that she's the strongest in the party on strength. Exactly. All right, I'll do it. Strength than I do. How? 13, mine says 12. Just so you know. Oh, I'm better than you. Alright. I'm gonna help move the. What is it? A stone? It's a rock. You can't quite make out what it is that's in the chamber in the way. It's a demon. So you walk over, and looking in the passage, you see what looks like some minecarts. Oh no, we're doing Scooby Doo! No, we're not doing Scooby Doo! Scooby Doo! No! This is worse than the curse of Super Paper Mario. I mean, that's You see these things in the way, and Rawl said that the main passage stinks of orcs, so what are you gonna do? 
All right, we're going in the mind cards. I'm glad we've reached a save point. So they're stuck on in in this tunnel that there's not a lot of room in. They're stuck there uh, because one of them, it looks like, is like jostled up off the track, and that's why it's not rolling. So we gotta pick it up, put it back on. Okay, roll me a strength check. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Ten. Ten? Yeah. Ten. Okay, the two of you start pushing on these mine carts, and they rock back and forth a little bit, but you don't get it. What? Raul looks at Ghostlinger, points at you, and says, You help, too. All right. All right. Fourteen. Plus one strength. I heard fourteen. Did she get to add her strength? Yes. 15. Perfect. I need to make notes as I go here. Oh, I don't have a real pencil. Huh? There we go. Pencil. Ghost Slinger, you step into this little passageway and start to jostle around these minecarts. At first, you can't quite get it. And you're real frustrated, and so you start really pounding away on them. And finally, with a resounding crash, as this thing falls back into place on the track, you can hear it echo throughout the chamber and up the hallways all around you, well louder than the trickle of the fountain that had been blocking out the little bit of noise that you had been making. The carts start to move. Jump in, jump in! Jump in! You can also see light from down the hall, and you hear a couple of voices. Oh, God. What I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna take out my other sword. They, they says, What's that? An orcish voice from down the hallway. Rawl scrambles into the cart as it starts moving. He hisses, and motions for everyone to get in the cart. And be quiet. Then ducks down as the cart continues rolling on on the tracks. Indiana Jones! Alright, I'm getting <laughs> in with Samuel, and Samuel, you better keep quiet. That's right, my blink dog, get in the cart! Everybody roll initiative, because we're starting a skill challenge! Great, good, golly, oh, gee, no, it's gosh. like the running through the fae. This'll be fun. 20! Okay, so I've got Asharis with a 20. 17. Uh, I got Merlin with an 11. Uh, Ghostlinger? 17. 17. Alright, so Asharis tried, Ghostlinger tried. Merlin, it's your turn. You've never done a skill challenge before. The way that this works is... You have a thing that you have to accomplish, and you can use any of your skills. So that is, like, under wisdom, there's perception, or underneath strength, there is acrobatics. You can use any of those skills, so preferably you want to use one of the ones that you have a high plus modifier and bubbled in, in order to accomplish the thing. So what you see as this cart starts moving down the rail, uh, down this these rails, is that the next trail, or the next opening ahead, is too short for anybody to have their heads up. Everybody's got to get their heads down. Samuel, don't. What are you going to do to get everybody to put their heads down? So, for example, you could roll Arcana in order to use your mage hand to push somebody's head down on the cart in front of you. You could use Persuasion to communicate to everybody, Hey, you got to get your head down because you're going to hit your head. Stuff like that. You get an opportunity to kind of play into the story. Well, Madge Hands is the best. You like that plan? 
Magic, yes. All right, so you're going to roll Arcana. That is a 16 plus, uh, what did you say? Your Arcana is plus four. Oh, yeah. And you're trained in it, which is a plus two, so you get like a 22. That's a pass. You cast your Mage Hand, and it moves from cart to cart, making sure that everybody's head's down as the cart Wow. rolls through and nobody has to or nobody hits their head as you guys move out of this room nobody's head I thought we were all in one cart <laughs> good uh, I envision because there's a couple of you it's probably like a train of cars there's probably like three or four of them okay you guys could either be in a couple carts or you could be in basically all the carts all the carts okay. so that Samuel doesn't die as the carts are bumbling through, it's very loud as the cart squeaks its way along the tracks, jockeying from side to side. It finally quiets down a little bit. Once the ceiling overhead opens up, you're passing into a new chamber, and Rawl pokes his head up in the front cart. Close one, but where lead? The tunnel has opened up into a much larger, larger chamber around you. Wait, he doesn't know where we're going? It's hard to see across- You're on a track! Doesn't matter where you're going. You guys were going up until you got to this room, and now you're in a runaway cart going down. Not good. Not good. Wow. No brakes? Ah! The tunnel has opened up into a much larger chamber around you. It's hard to see across the size of this room. Great pillars disappear into the darkness below. You can see a large stone bridge leading to a massive plateau of buildings in the middle of the chamber. The minecart is just starting to slow down, and shadows are dancing on the walls of the pillars around you. You guys need to guide this cart down the path. You either can, uh, like if you want to speed up, you could speed up, you could slow down, you could look out ahead of you. Next up is Asharis. What do you want to do as you're running away in these crazy carts? Run away! I guess I'm gonna, like, look around. You want to do perception? Yeah. And kind of look out for what's ahead and everything going on? Yeah. Okay, roll me a d20. 16? That'll do. You look out ahead of you, and you can see a switch in the tracks. One way disappears into the dark, and the other appears to slope down much more gently. The switch, at the moment, appears to be pointing to the darkness. I want to go to the darkness. Next up is Ghost Slinger, and you might want to activate the switch. Yep, I need to activate that switch, but I don't know how. The cart is going to go flying past the switch before the switch in the tracks. So what do you want to do? You could throw something at it. You could reach out of the cart and try to just whack it. Uh, you have a hammer on you. You could do some crazy magic stuff. You could do some ninja stuff. So I could use my ice knife and hit it? Yeah, you could roll Arcana to ice knife it. Alrighty. Roll me an Arcana check to throw an ice knife at it. Hmm. That's not very good. Twelve. Including everything? That's not very good. I don't have Arcana, but I have intelligence. What's your intelligence? Plus three. So twelve plus three, or is it just twelve? 
It must be 15. 15 is good enough. You had me worried there, little girl, for a second. I thought you'd actually manage to fail a dice roll. Yeah, that doesn't happen. (laughs) So, describe for me what it looks like as you throw this ice knife at this target that's going to switch the tracks. So, I have it in my hand. I immediately throw it at the thing, and it hits smack dab right where it needs to hit. Okay. Boom! Does it shatter when it hits the, the, the thing? Yes, it shatters, because they always shatter. Okay, it shatters, and the, the, the track switch falls down, and you can hear a grumbling from the track in front of you as it slowly starts to turn over to the other path that looks like it goes down much more gently. You're welcome. So you guys are kind of cruising along on this nice, smooth, you know, slowly, gently sloping down track, and then all of a sudden... It goes black around you. Oh, no. You're back in another tunnel. And you're surrounded by screeching bats. Bats. Batman. Merlin, what are you going to do about these bats all over the place? Fire. Get the fire out. I'm going to throw fire at them. Or you could just hold it. I could get my owl out and scare them to death. Oh, scare bats? No. Well, bats can't see. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the time, people don't let you reuse the exact same skill. It just happened to have fallen in a difficult place here, because I would want to throw fire at them. Well, that's what I'd want to do. Fire scares them. Of course, they can't see, but they can feel Oh, well, we will re-roll Arcana and see what happens. As you fling, well, let's see what happens. We'll roll Arcana. Oh man, the exact same roll, another 22? Okay, describe it as this bat swarm is like going all around you. You can feel them in your hair. (laughs) Ball of gasoline ignited all around the cart. We're flying through this hole and the fire is just zooming out of the back and we can hardly breathe. We can feel the heat and so do the bats and they get out of the way. I like it. We're moving. I'm we're moving on. Because of these people. In a split second, we're through the bats. You guys are surrounded by a, a tremendous ball of flame as the cart barrels out of this dark tunnel that you're in into a new room. I don't know. Merlin, is your staff lit up? Is that your source of light in this this area? Well, uh... I said fire. Oh no, Rawl had a torch. He grabbed a torch when you guys walked in. So Rawl's still holding a torch at the front. And you can see by the light of his torch, there is a large room around you. Not as big as the gigantic cavern that you were in before, where you could see buildings and stuff within the cavern. And those large pillars. So you bust into this room, and the ground in front of you is completely flat and level. And on either side of you, you see these large structures. They kind of look like brick brick ovens, like at a, a pizza place, like a big fired brick oven. But there's no fire inside. It's dark all around you other than Rawl's torch in the front cart. And you quickly scoot across this room looking at large cauldrons that are hanging over top of these what look like stone ovens. And at the end of the room, you see another switch. Oh, no. Uh, let's see. Asharis. What do you want to do? Um, so I see another switch. But can I see which direction I want to go? 
Uh, let's go ahead and say yes, because last time you rolled perception, and I don't want you to just have to roll perception again. So uh, you can see the switch, and you can see the direct uh, the, the directions of which way the cart can go. So the switch is switched to the right, and it looks like it will make a the track that you're on will make a sharp turn right after you go through the switch. So it looks like if you keep going the direction it's going, you're going to make a really sharp turn. And you're going fast enough that that might not be a good idea. If you go to the left, if you switch the switch, it looks like the path continues uh, straight on ahead, but down. Okay. So we're going to switch the switch. Um, we're going down. We're supposed to be going up. We can't be going up, can we? No, you only can go down. Can't go up at all. We're going to come out of the cave eventually. This will never end. I'm going to die. But you were so excited. Where's my dream? You were so excited to do a skill challenge, Jessica. I said, oh, great, good golly gee gosh. Okay, I'm going to use my athletic. Okay. Like Roll me a d20. Jump around. It has no eyes. Eight. Eight. Yeah. Fail. Plus one. Failure. 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 <laughs> you failure. Would you like to describe what happens when you don't flip the switch, or do you want me to? She fails and kills us all. <laughs> I described it for her. So we try to do this acrobatic move and miss the switch. And then we all die. So as you're barreling through this this nice flat straight run, you try to whip out the side of the cart and whack the switch. And as you do your... What did you try to hit it with? My foot. Your foot? Okay. As you try to reach out and kick the switch, your foot goes too high. Goes right over the top of it. So the switch doesn't fall down. And the cart barrels on forward and sharply turns. Merlin, the cart... Lead! Everybody! Turn the other side of the cart! The cart is sharply turning. Magic hand. A magic hand can only exert five pounds of force. Oh no, we're in trouble. The cart feels like it's gonna fall over. How are you gonna stop the cart from falling over? Everybody to one side. We're gonna get on the other side! Roll me. Get on the other side, quick! We gotta lean! Let's roll a t20 and see what it is. Oh my god, that's a third 16! Okay, Merlin, you shout out that everybody needs to get to the other side. And everybody reacts quickly and gets to the other side of the cart. And keeps it from falling over. Wow. We're safe for another minute or two. Where's the brakes on the thing? The cart spins around in circles as it's going down in a spiral pattern into the rocks. It's terrible. Eventually, it steadies out and starts going straight again. You see a large tunnel dug out around you, illuminated with glowing moss, and you can see reflections in the stone. There are several smaller tunnels that kind of are darting out in other directions. It looks like you've reached the dwarven mine tunnels deep in the heart of the mountain. Wow. And now, you need to stop the cart. Uh-oh. <laughs> Take out your sword. Drag it underground. Ghostslinger, how are you going to stop the cart? All right. Sparks are going to fly. Try the brakes. There are no brakes. There's a brake. There's a Aren't there brakes? Are there brakes? 
Has to be a break. There's always a break. Roll an intelligence check. Thirteen. Does she have any bonuses to thirteen? No. Sixteen. What? What? Living years. Oh. That makes it a 16. Oh, she gets plus three? <laughs> I have no intelligence. She does. <laughs> yeah, I'm the smart one. Okay. Ghost Slinger, you see a lever in the cart you're in at the back. This is why I'm always in the back. Huh. Are you going to do anything with the lever? I'm going to use the lever. Okay, Ghost Slinger, you pull the lever, and you hear a terrific squeaking, screeching on metal-on-metal sound, and the cards start to slow down. And sparks are flying. And sparks are flying behind you down the path the whole way. When the cart comes to a stop, Brawl pokes his head up again, and he hops out. We made it! (laughs) That's broke. This guy's funny. The stone around you is covered in faintly glowing moss, occasionally dotted with purple mushrooms. You don't know how far you fell on the tracks. It's probably far enough that the orcs up top didn't hear much of the noise that the cart was making on its long journey down through the mountain. The rocks that you can see around you under the glowing moss seem to gleam in the dull light. The dwarves must not have finished mining all the minerals from these mines before they disappeared. Maybe there are some clues about what happened to them in the city that you saw in the first big chamber. Mm. Mm. Rawl is holding his head, not first choice, but orcs have no idea where we are now. Let's go. He smiles and shakes his cloak off, wiggling right down through his tail tip. Did anybody take any damage in that? I don't think you did. Nope. There were so many opportunities for you to take a d6 here, a d4 there. Nope, everybody's fine. You passed all of it. You even got out of the cart without without crashing into the wall at the end. Hey, I Nobody up. sprained an ankle. You guys are so good at skills. Except for me. <laughs> Not me, I depend on my leaders. Uh, as Rawl starts walking down the passage a short ways, he, sa- he looks back at the group and says, Maybe I not go first. <laughs> I don't know the way. Yeah, I don't know where we're going. He's leading us. Never. Never been this deep before. Oh my. I I feel a little fear here. Must go back up. And he points up. What does he know? I guess you're right, Jessica. I'm gonna go up. I sound you were right. How are we gonna go up? Where are we? What can we see? So you're in a mining tunnel that the dwarves had dug in the mountain. There are some glowing mosses around you illuminating the cavern. There's kind of shiny shiny rocks in the walls. It doesn't look like everything's been mined dry. Hmm. So so is it gold? That stuff you could check out. You could check out the the moss. You could just start walking back up following the rail track. Yeah, I'm going to investigate. Okay. Roll me and investigate. What's the shiny stuff? Come on, 21. Merlin, you check out the the shiny stuff and what is is investigate a stat? I have 12. Hmm, terrible. Merlin, you rolled a 6. What's your investigate? Oh my god, that's even worse. <laughs> oh, that's intelligence-based. You get plus 4. Do you have investigation as a um, I'm looking. as a thing? I'm looking, I'm looking. No, I do not. Investigation is blank. Okay, so you get plus 4 for intelligence, so it's still a 10. Looking at it, you think it's some kind of... What color is it? It's a silvery kind of color. Oh, it could be silver. You think that it... Well, it can't. 
you think Mithril. that it might be fool's gold. You think that it might be Mithril. Okay. You're not 100% sure, but it, it may be Mithril because dwarves often build mines to either mine precious metals uh, like gold and silver Mithril. or materials that they can use for crafting weapons and armor. Chainmail. What else do you want to do? I want to get playing them. with Samuel, right? Can I get them? Yeah. You want to take some of the rock out of the wall? I would like that, though. Yeah. How do you go about getting the rock out of the wall? I'm going to get that hammer. It out. Give me your sword. With a... Uh... I'll dig out some with the sword. You're going to use a sword to dig out stone from a wall? Well, that's all I have. Either that or the hammer. Hmm. I have a staff. Can I hit the wall? It's not going to work, is it? Well, Ghost Slinger has a crowbar and a hammer. Where are okay, you? Cool. I'm playing with my cat. I mean, we need some mithril. I'm worth a small fortune. I am playing with my cat. We can make some chain mail. So someone grabs some kind of implement, and the tunnel is filled with the sound of little hammers chiseling away on the wall as you guys are grabbing a sample of this shiny metallic ore deposit. Well, if they didn't hear the cars crashing, they'll hear this hammering. <laughs> so how long do you spend mining uh, whatever this is? We're just taking a sample. Yeah, we need one. Oh, just a sample? So you're going to put it in your uh, in your component pouch, Merlin? Yes, I'm putting it in my component pouch. Okay. How about, how about Shara? So how much are you taking? You sounded like you want to be rich from this stuff. Just a sample. We don't have time to spend forever here. We can always come back after we kill off the orcs. Okay, and you guys go to head up the tunnel then? Because we gotta go up, right? So there's only two tunnels, and only one of them goes up? Why did we come all the way down here? We have to go back up. Yeah, I don't understand how we would have come... stayed up there. Can I have the rest of these? I hate walking uphill. How we would have come down the th the train tracks, and now we gotta go back up the train tracks. You were, you were very gung-ho about hopping in the minecarts. Well... I thought that was the way we needed to go! To get away from the orcs that were going to spot you. Now we're going to sneak up on them, right? That's the plan. I was so convinced that I was going to have trouble getting you guys to get in the minecart. But nope. Just we're going to jump in the minecart. Let's do it. I've seen Indiana Jones. I watched Indiana Jones. He gets in the minecart and escapes. And then he almost dies. But Exactly. Now we're to the part where you almost die. Oh, no. All right. Well, I guess we're going back. Home. You've got your you've got your samples of potentially mithril. Jillion dollar mithril. Yep. Yep. You've got your jillion dollar mithril. How do you spell mithril? And you guys are going to start heading back up the back up the passage, right? Yes. Okay. With my sword out, remember. With your sword out in one hand. And the dog in front of me. And your and your blink dog in front of you. So that's that's who's going first. The blink dog. In front of me. Okay. Blink Dog is going first. He has speed smell, so he should be able to warn us of the orcs before we get too close. That is true. Yeah, he's got a good nose. Can I put my cat on top of your Blink Dog? <laughs> Ooh, let's see. Eat him. Blink Dog does not like having a cat on its back. Alright. I mean, it's a dog. That's a cat. What was the guy's name that we're riding the cars with? Is that Raul? Raul. Where's the pen? Okay. Is there? I only have pencils. You guys are... We're in trouble. Prepared for battle, though. You guys go walking up the up the passage. 
As you guys are walking along, you all start to feel strange at the same time. So what's about to happen happens at the same time. Oh no. Swear to God, Zabuza. <laughs> you can't follow us everywhere. I'll be very you'll be very upset at me. You you don't don't hate me. In front of you, Asharis. Something about your blink dog. Did we ever name him? Okay. In front of you, your blink dog takes six damage. Oh, yeah. Then, does a 16 beat your armor, Asharis? Yeah. Mine is 16. It is 16? Right on the money. You take five necrotic damage. A monster. Oh, come on, Oh, gee gosh. This is great. Who was next in line? I'm going. Asharis would first. I'll say Rawl was behind her. Ooh, lucky. Who was next? Merlin, were you next? Were you in the middle? Wizard in the middle? Or is Ghost Slinger behind her? Ghost Slinger's behind her. I'm the last one. Ghost Slinger, are you carrying your cat? Yes. Don't you dare kill it. No, you're carrying your cat, so your cat's okay. Good. Is your AC 16, Ghost Slinger? No, it's 15. Ooh, that's not good. You take 11 damage. See? Ghost Slinger. I'm sorry. Hey, I was in the front. All Boy. right, I can't help y'all behind me. I warned you. I mean, look, I told my you. poor dog is damaged. The dog doesn't matter. We're human beings. I don't want my dog to die. Where am I going to find another one? He's from another dimension. Um, you're going to find it from another dimension. Okay. Because I can open the portals and do stuff. You can open Roll me a perception check. According to Mr. Zabaza, the thing I have opens portals to other worlds. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's where that is. That's where it is, and I drew it on Ghost Slinger. Oh, that's you? Yes! 20. Perception check? Oh, 20! Uh, being out front, Asharis, you see underneath the moss that's kind of all around in this cavern... There are these tendrils that are moving. Oh no, it's not. And they seem to be around your feet and leading up the walls. It's like this show moss? I watched. I don't like it. Underneath the moss, there are tendrils that lead up the walls. You rolled a nat 20, a critical. Yeah. And you can see that these tendrils lead to the purple mushrooms that are on the walls. Like jellyfish? No. Like mushrooms. Mushrooms. Tentacles? Yeah, kind of like jellyfish tentacles. Like roots, yeah. Samuel gets to... What do you do as you see these tentacles kind of things moving around on the floor below your boots? We're stepping on them. You notice that one brushed up against your leg after, or when you started to feel bad. Nothing oh, no. caused me damage? Yeah. Don't what fall down. Do? It was coming through my boots? Yeah, it touched you. Uh-oh. What should I do? <sighs> You should do that thing that I always do for Dad. What? Run away? Dad doesn't run away. Roll me a history check. 18? 18. Is that flat with no modifiers? You rolled an 18 history check? Yeah, yeah. You've heard of these. These are violet fungus. They're indistinguishable from normal mushrooms until they start to move and try to eat you. That sounds no. great. I told you we're all gonna die. They're trying to eat us? Oh yeah, it's digesting you. No wonder the uh, dwarves ran away from Mithril. It's like a uh, little house of You're the only one who's noticed what it is that hurt you. And your dog probably yelped when it attacked him. So 
Ghostslinger, roll me a... And it didn't attack Merlin. So Ghostslinger, roll me a perception check to see if you noticed. 16. 16? Yep, you see the tendrils too. You don't know what it is, but you see that something is moving underneath the moss around you. So do I know how to get rid of it? You tend to find that hitting things works pretty good. Yeah, but what do I hit? They're everywhere. Okay, so you know, specifically with your high perception check, you know that the tendrils that are attacking you lead to the purple fungus, the mushrooms on the walls. And you can see four of them that look like they've got these tendrils leading to them instead of the hundreds of mushrooms that are in this cavern. Like, well, let's not say hundreds, but there's a few dozen of these purple mushrooms, but only four of them look like these tendrils actually go to them. Okay, so... And you have a sword already in your hand. I know, but I don't really want to get close to it. What if I shoot it with my arrows? Just cut the tentacles off. Not gonna help. Then they're just gonna come back. Okay, I've got some fire. Have you never seen the movies? How do I handle this? Only two people know. The others don't necessarily. Oh, I know how to handle this. (gasps) Watch out! There's evil tentacles on the floor! Wait, that's not what Raw would say. Bad snakey thing. Evil mushroom. <laughs> Kill it. Watch out for the tentacles. And he points at the mushroom on the wall. Everybody roll me initiative. Merlin, you rolled an 11 for initiative. I'll swipe it with the sword. Which is a 12. 19. That's terrible. Ghost Slinger, what did you get? 10. Is that after your initiative modifier? Both the Sharist and Ghost Slinger? You have initiative, Jessica. What? Where is this? I'm blind. Uh, 13. There we go. I have 5. So it's actually a 24? I have plus 5. Okay. Yep. Alright, and you were 13? Or 15, Ghost Slinger? Mm Mm-hmm. 13. It's 13. Alright. It's handy having an NPC around that I can make do things, instead of telling Dad what words Mm. are in his mouth. Osharis, conveniently, <laughs> you rolled the highest initiative, and you spotted these things first, and you know they're evil mushrooms, so you can do whatever you want. I'll swipe them with my sword. Okay, roll me an attack roll. But I want my dog to come back away from them. Okay. Oh no, pets roll their own initiative. What a pain in the butt. <laughs> nope, we're not doing that. Your pets go immediately before you. Uh, Sharis, you can tell your dog to do whatever you want him to do, and he will do it. Get back, Blinky. Blinky? Why was I thinking the exact same thing? Because we're both thinking, you know, of... Pac-Man. Pac-Man. <laughs> Alright, um, so your Blink dog comes run. Blinky, your Blink dog, comes running back to you. Essentially, he heals. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Awesome. Twelve. You rolled a twelve? Mm. Plus your dexterity modifier, plus your proficiency modifier. Wait, I forgot to say I pulled out my other sword, by the way. Oh, okay. You pulled out your other sword? Long sword or short sword? The long sword. Let's switch some hands. Okay. You pulled out your long sword. You've got your short sword in your offhand. So are you attacking with your long sword right now? Yes. And you rolled a 12. Yes. But you got to add your proficiency and your dexterity modifier to it. 7. 19. There you go. That's good. You hit. Roll me a damage die. 1d8. Yeah, it's a D8 for the um, long sword. Five. Plus your dexterity modifier. Five. So you, so you do ten damage to it? Ten damages. Ten damages. You take 
a swipe with your longsword at this fungus on the wall, and you take a big chunk out of its uh, top. So, like, you slice the top of it in half. Not off of its body, but, like, half of it's missing now. We're making champignon stew tonight! Did he cry? Uh, all of the little squiggly things under the moss that you couldn't see very well before start to, like, vibrate and gyrate around, and they're, like, screaming for it, but it doesn't make any real noise. Okay, I can live with that. <laughs> so it's not the House of Horrors talking back to us. No. Offhand weapon, Asharis? 17. Plus all your stuff? Um, 22? That'll do. Roll me a damages. That rhymed. Six. Isn't that great? It's Five. Uh, plus your dexterity modifier? Ten. The second swipe comes around, and you do chop it off of its base, and the section of tenderly viney things in the area stop moving. Taking one out of four. Yeah, one out of four. That's a lot. I don't know. Ghostslinger. Yes. It's your turn because she just killed the one that was gonna go before you. Good. So that I don't die. Thank you, ghosts. Thank you, ghosts of Christmas past. <laughs> All right. It's your turn. What are you doing? All right. Is there any physical way that I can throw the ice knife at it or a shuriken at it? Yes. So I meant to talk with you sooner. The way that, like, your shurikens or a dagger works is that every turn, you can pull out one weapon, right? Mm -hmm. So you can have your short sword in your main hand, and then you can pull out your dagger or shuriken in the other. And on your turn, for the attack with your dagger or shuriken, you can throw it. And then at the end of the fight, you can just go pick it up. But that means that you could attack one thing and throw your dagger at a different thing somewhere else, if you want to. You don't have to. But you can totally do that right now if you want, if you don't want to get close to them. I don't want to get close to them, so... Yes, you could do the ice knife, or you could throw a dagger, or you could throw a shuriken. I'm gonna throw... <laughs> I want to use the shurikens, but I also want to use the daggers, so I'm gonna use the daggers. Okay, so you're gonna pull out and throw a dagger? Yes. All right, roll me an attack. 14, what's your dexterity? Three, so it's 17. That'll do. Roll me a damages. What is damage for this? Okay. Um, one, two, four. Three, plus. Plus your dexterity? Six. You throw a dagger across the room and kind of skewer the top of this mushroom on the wall. And all the vines around it kind of start flinging around and you see moss start popping up off the wall as this thing is convulsing. Merlin, you're up next. Oh, I've... I'm just going to throw some fire on them. We're making kebabs now. That's it. Ghost Slinger and Asharis have both attacked the ones on your right-hand side. There are two of them on the right and two of them on the left. So they basically fill this whole cavern with their little tendrils. They're about ten feet apart on the left side. Uh-oh. If you wanted to do something with an AoE. Do the magic missiles have to fire at the exact same thing? No, you can individually target with them. I've got three missiles. There are three left alive. You can hit them all. I can hit them all. Let's go for it. Magic missiles. All right. Well, magic missiles never miss, so you don't have to roll an attack roll. You just have to roll damage. Correct. I think they're 1d4 plus 1? Well, the first one's a 4. <laughs> Dance. Yep, 1d4 plus 1. So, which one do you target first? The one that go uh, Asharis was fighting? Or Ghost Slinger threw her dagger at? Is it dead? No. Okay, it's hit that one first. Dead. Okay. It starts to drip a pus from the, the wound where the knife hit it. Oh no, is it green or purple? 
I think it would be kind of a grayish kind of color because these are purple mushrooms. Oh, I love it when we ask what color the blood is. <laughs> How does it bleed? Silver! <laughs> Alright, which one are you targeting next? The one that uh, Ghost Slinger tried to hit. I hit Again? Okay. Oh man, that's another four. So, five total. And the vines near Ghost Slinger stop moving around. Ooh. Yay, freedom. There's a bigger one and a smaller one. Which one do you want to hit? The smaller one. All right. There's that two. Let's see. You do three damage to the smaller one. And it starts to kind of uh, spin around as if it's been dazed because you hit it. Okay. And then it's the violet fungus's turn. Uh, oh, no. So the two fungus on the left-hand side, you can see the tendrils on them start to move faster now as they reach out and try to touch you. Who are they going to try and touch? Let's see. I should have a thing for this. Oh, I do. I think I'm the closest. Uh, you guys are all kind of in the middle except for Asharis because she ran over to the right-hand side to attack the ones that were nearby her with her swords. But these tendrils are kind of all over this cave. So the ones on the left can reach the right-hand side, and they saw Asharis move first, so it goes after her. Oh, Ooh. 17? Good enough to break your armor? Yeah. Yes. One over. One over. Look at my beautiful wizard, Asharis. Oh, that's great. You take two necrotic damage. So you see a whole bunch of, like, tendrils on the floor, like, all race towards you, and they start to wind up your leg, and you take two damage as they start to grip onto you. Uh-oh. And then the smaller one reaches out and starts trying to grab onto Merlin. <laughs> Does a 12 break your armor? Mine? Yep. I have shields up, so let's see what that means. 13 plus. C-O-N bonus. C-A-N. C-O-N. Oh, plus your constitution modifier, which I believe is 2. Yes, it is. So you're at 15? Yes. Then a 12 will not do it. So these tendrils kind of start making their way towards you, and you kick them off. You kick them away from you so that they can't get can't get into your, uh, into your robes and start to eat away at your flesh. Well, that's good. And then it is Asharis' turn again. Because NPCs don't attack. There's two left on the other side. NPCs don't attack. Rawl, you failed us. Rawl is uh, kneeled down next to Blinky the Blink Dog, tending to his wounds. He still failed us. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna attack. I rolled a 17. 17 plus 7 is a whole bunch, so you definitely hit. Roll me some damage dice. You run across the room and go to swipe at this thing. 6 plus 5 11. Uh, which one are you going for, the big one or the small one? We'll go for the big one! Alright, you said you did 11? 11. Alright, you take a- it's got a big gash in it, and it starts to drip that kind of grayish liquid out of it. Does that mean it's dead? Nope, the tendrils are kind of moving all over the place and wiggling underneath the moss. It doesn't seem very happy. Dang, it's still alive. Well, you only hit it with one weapon. Oh, this is the one that hasn't been attacked yet? Yeah. Uh, the other sword. <laughs> 15 plus 5, so 20. I think it's 22. Your dex is 5 plus your proficiency. But yeah, that's plenty good enough. So it'd be 6. Plus your... 11. What is that, another 11? Yes. It stops moving. It's dead now. It's dead. Ghost Slinger! There's a small one left, and its head is spinning around in circles because Merlin shot at it with a magic missile. 
What are you going to do? All right. Now I'm going to use the shuriken. Roll me an attack. We're making mushroom soup. 14 plus... Yes, yeah, your dex and your proficiency. 17. That's 19. Yeah, I was going to add two. Give me- 19 will do it. I don't know what the uh, the sure. damage die is for the shurikens. I think they're the same as the daggers. 24. All right. Three. Do you want to use your sneak attack dice? Yes. Uh, no. It's 2d6. Okay. What have I done? I don't know. What did you do? A little weird. I done did. Did you break the dice roller? Yeah, there's two sets of dice rolling now. <laughs> oh, no. I done did bad. There we go. It's back to normal. All right. Now. Let me do this. Six? Yes. Plus, uh, the dex is three. So nine. So she rolled a three. She has the three dex, and she rolled a six on the 2d6. Sounds like 12 to me. Alrighty. Describe the kill. Oh, you're gonna come up with a catchphrase? I mean, look, I, I had three of them. <laughs> you and your mushroom stew. This is toadstools. <laughs> because very yeah. good. So, what does it look like as Ghostslinger? You fling your your dagger to one side into one of the mushrooms, and then you turn the other way to attack the other one. What do you What do you do? Stab it. So you pull out your shuriken and you fling it across the room into the mushroom on the other side and it spins the whole way there and it just kind of cuts through the mushroom like a saw blade. Basically. And then splits in half. Alright, sounds good to me. And it splits in half. Don't forget that important detail. <laughs> she tells it we're making toadstools or something. No. Making toadstool. Not, no, what I said was... You and your mushroom stool. It's toadstools. And Rawl starts kicking away all the vines from near the dog. He says, Doggy, okay? (laughs) Doggy, okay? The music plays as you guys defeat the enemy and get... (laughs) (laughs) Where is that the open the chest sound? No, that's... Oh, yeah. So that is... 170 experience each. Okay, somebody total it up. And congratulations, everyone. You survived your first surprise round. All of the mushrooms got to make attacks against you before you discovered them because of their unique camouflage. We didn't take any damage, though. The dog did. You didn't. The dog did. Asharis did. Ghostslinger did. Ghostslinger took a lot of damage. Well, 11. I'm a beautiful wizard child in the meantime. Alright, what are you guys gonna do now that you've killed the fungus? We're gonna keep walking. Yeah, I guess, uh, is there going to avoid them? Is there gonna be more of these things? Can we look out for them in any way? Sure. You just gotta say that you're looking out for any more peculiar looking fungus. And maybe those vines that were underneath the moss. Demonic mushrooms. The regular mushrooms don't seem like those vines come out from underneath them. Yes, so now we can keep looking and not get attacked by them again. I don't want the damages. If I get damaged, then I'm probably going to die, so... You guys could take a rest if you want to use hit dice to recover. No! We're in the middle of nowhere! We're going to keep walking. 
Winding up the mine tunnels, following along the rail tracks, you manage to wake your way back up to the forge room. It is full of mighty cauldrons, and this time, not being propelled by a nearly out-of-control minecart, you notice that there are great basins full of coal, still waiting to be fed into the fires that have long since burned out. The chimneys of the forges rise up gradually narrowing until they reach the ceiling above and disappear into the stone. You can see other rail tracks that run through the room, with the tracks sitting flush to the stone surface of the floor. They wind through the room and off down different paths, leading up and out of the chamber, or many of them off down into the mines below. It looks like the aqueduct that you saw upstairs also has a branch that makes its way down here, as there is an open trough of running water behind each furnace, ensuring that the smiths would have access to fresh water. The roof here is flat stone suspended far overhead, with intricate pillars between each furnace. There are marble slabs dotted around the chamber with various pokers, tongs, and hammers scattered about. At the head of the room, there is a larger table than the rest of them, and you see a book sitting open on its surface. A book? A book. A very big book. Think of a book that's like the biggest book you've ever seen. It's bigger than that. It's just like in The Minds of Moria. Yeah, pretty much. Big book. Let's open the book. The guy is coming to get him. How do you approach as you go nearer to the table? The book is on the far side from the way that you are from from where you are. It's on the far side? Yeah, so you guys are making your way up to this big stone table, which is the biggest in the room, and there's this big book on the other side of the table from you. Do you walk around it? Do you reach across to get to it? Do you climb over the table? What do you do? I'm going to reach across and slide it over. Okay. It's too heavy. As you reach across the table to reach towards the book, you can see the top of a helmet just below the edge of the table on the other side. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't want to go over there. I knew something bad. Is it a skeleton helmet? There are cobwebs on the helmet. Okay, then. So whatever. Do you keep, re- do you keep pulling the book towards you? Does my dog smell anything? Your dog doesn't seem to think there's any danger around you. He doesn't seem like tensed up with hair prickling off his back or anything like that. Can I check for booby traps? Alright, you can check for booby traps. Uh, Roll me an investigation check. And how do you go about checking for booby traps? Do you only look from this side or do do you go around the table the whole way? No, I'm gonna like look under the table. You know, first. I'm gonna look at the stones on the ground. Under our feet, or is it dirt? It's stone. It's a stone floor with the railroad, uh, with the rails for the minecarts set into it, so that they don't stick up. Just imagine Indiana Jones. That's how we're looking for booby traps. Okay. Mm. Indiana Jones seems to know where the booby traps are. Mm. Nineteen. Okay. So as you look underneath the table, the underside of the table is solid. The edge hangs over a little bit. Uh, but you can't see underneath to see all the way through to the other side. Looking around on your side and on the parts that you can see, you don't see anything on the floor that looks like a switch or anything like that. You don't see any areas that look like they haven't been trodden on any more or any less than anything else. Everything looks pretty mundane. And the cobwebs are still there. They haven't moved. 
I think the problem is in the book. Yeah, it just feels like a trap. Oh, okay. And as you look around at the book, you don't see anything around the book. There's not like any writing around the book. It is open and you look uh you can look at the page on the book that it's turned to and you see some drawings but from the angle you're looking at it from it's kind of hard to see what they are but it looks like there's sketches uh, as well as some writing on the page that's visible in the book we're in the castle oh. ah! <laughs> all right i'll drag the book across okay you pull the book across to you and you look at the page you see a sphere covered in facets like the one on the end of my stick. Like a diamond? And a bunch of dwarven writing. Um, more like a, an orb? An orb on the end of my stick. Yeah. Uh, Merlin, you... But can I read? Immediately notice that this looks like a thing that you uh, would be greatly interested in. Mm. Definitely would. But it, you said you can't read dwarven? I can. No. So how do you ask, or what What do you say to Asharis, who can read Dwarven, about this thing that you can see in a book that you're greatly interested in? Asharis, what does it say about the orb? Let's find out. In the book, on the page, you can see the name of the object. It's called the Crystallia. Mm. It says that the material this orb is made from determines its properties. It will amplify a magic user's natural abilities. It acts as a spellcasting focus. Now I want it. <laughs> Do you flip through any of the rest of the book, like turn the page and try and see uh, what else is, is within this book? Is that all it says on the one page? Uh, it's got instructions on how to make it. Oh, you've got it. They don't actually have it. It's just a picture of it. It is a picture of it. How about the uh, the helmet? Is there anything on the helmet of the soldier? Well, do you go around to the other side of the table? I'll go around. Okay. I'm going to write down how to make the orb. Good idea. Well, you do have a big book in your hands. I don't want to carry the giant book, do I? Well, Investigating the book further, the book is a treasure trove of dwarven schematics. It doesn't look terribly damaged by the ravages of time, but the pages are frail and it creaks as you pick it up. As you flip to the front of it, you read, Forge Master Locke, Master Artisan of Crafting. Okay. Is that the guy who owned the book? Okay, well, I'm going to write down how to make the orb, just in case the pages fall apart or something, but then I'm going to take the book. Do you have a parchment, quill, and ink? No! Well, then you can't write down how to make the orb. Let me see. I was going to say, I think someone else in my party has that. I think I have it. Nope. So, as you're flipping through this book, there are lots of interesting recipes in here. You see finely detailed sketches of mithril armor. You see entries on how to craft leather. You see entries on making swords and hammers and axes. I'll carry the book. Yeah, we need the book. I'll carry the book. So do you strap it across your rucksack? Yeah. I've got a mule when I get back to my... Let the mule carry it. In the book at the front, 
you see a date, but it's a dwarven date, and you don't know how long ago that was. Because dwarves keep their calendars inside their mountains. So it's hard for them to know what day it is. Mm. No, it's hard for us to know what day Yeah, you don't know how old this book is. So Merlin, now that you've investigated this book, and once now that Asharis has read part of it to you, and you know that it's of interest to you, do you go around the other side of the table? Yes. Okay. He seems to really want us to go over the other side of the table. I'm just asking when you go around the other side of the table, because the exit to this room is on the other side of the table, up the passage that leads out. Yes, so I feel like we're going to end up going over there and having to knock this table over because some monsters are coming in and we're going to hide behind a table. And or maybe that skeleton that the the thing is on is going to come to life and is going to kill us or something. Something bad going to happen when we go to the other side of the table. <laughs> I agree with you. I was like, no. I need to get better at my poker face, apparently. No, as soon as we walked in this room, and it's like... How many... What episode is this, Dad? 21. And what did you just find? A thing that you've been asking me for since episode one. Heaven forbid if I was a little excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Going around the other side of the table, you can see there is a figure resting up against this stone table. It is the skeleton of a dwarf. He is in... Some very finely decorated armor. It is encrusted with gold. His back is to the table. His armor is holding him up. It doesn't look like he died fighting. Mm. Looking around the room, it doesn't look like there was any fighting in here. He is very much so out of place being in this forge as the only skeleton around. I just want to see his hat. Did you pick up his hat? Yes. You take the helmet off of the dwarf, and the skull falls down into the chest cavity of the armor underneath it. It looks like a very finely made helmet. See, Any gold in there? See, it's just like when in the mines of Moria, they push that thing down into the well, and it goes and then here come all the orcs to kill you! You already did that part. The minecart was that part. Wait, so it is based off of the mines? So, what did you ask, Merlin? Gold. Any gold on the body? Uh, the armor is encrusted with gold. Do you look, like, for uh, a pouch at his pockets or anything? Do you do you see if there's anything else of interest? What are, what are you after? Is he wearing a kilt? Does he have a pocket? Is there anything inside? Are you investigating the body? Yes, I'm investigating the body. Investigating the body? Look at his shoes. Sometimes I kept the money in the shoe. <laughs> Okay, you're thoroughly investigating the body. Just, like, robbing the corpse. Well, he's not going to need it. That's true. I'm going to need it. I was kind of wondering if we could use his armor. Well, last time I left in the... It's probably too short. And it's probably too heavy anyways. Ghost, Ghost Slinger got the money. You look all over this body, and you don't find any pouches of gold. Damn. And you don't find anything of interest at first but after you've taken off his shoes off his 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 (laughs) boots you notice where the skull fell into the chest cavity the beard lifted up a little bit and you can see a glimmer a gold tooth lifting up this dwarf's beard 
or the remains of this dwarf's beard, you find... The orb. Yeah, he finds the orb. What do you think? In his mouth. He wants his thing. You find an orb, but the surface finish on it is very rough. Uh It's cloudy instead of clear, and it doesn't have facets carved into it yet. Not finished. It looks like this artisan was working on this item when he died. Wow. That doesn't seem good. Killer orb? There must be tools in here that we can finish this. It's got to have powers to it. Do you get back out the The book book and start looking at how to finish it? I am the holder of the things that are dangerous. I should take this thing if it's dangerous. Jessica. All right. How do you, how does Merlin respond to this? All right, give it to the crybaby there. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> she wants it, give it to her. We'll fix it later. Thank you. Okay, if you say so. Let's see how we can go down this hallway here and uh, block the door. From these characters that we're worried about coming through. Where's Raul at? Is he just hanging around? As you're fleecing the corpse, <laughs> Raul wandered off from the group. And when you look around to see where he's at, you hear a voice that says, Which way? Rawl is looking at a footpath and one of the rail passages heading upwards. Up. Okay. We're supposed to go up. Upwards. Well, they both go upwards. You can either take the rail passage or you can take the, the footpath. The footpath. Which looks like one of those nice big passages that the dwarves carve, not like the small ones that the kobolds made. The footpath, because we know what's at the top of the other one. Is she saying stay with the railroad car? No. Okay, take the, other, already. take the other path. Take the other path. What do you think? Well, maybe, maybe we should stay in the coal room and call it a day. So just as you guys are about to head off up the path, the screen fades to black. And we'll find out next week.